That's strong language. This was not written to unbelievers. This was written to the church. How many of you would agree with me that all of us are going to die? I don't feel like I heard everybody say amen. How many of you agree with me that all of us are going to die? And if we're all going to die, if we're all going to die, unless Jesus comes back and get us, the rapture happens and he comes back and get us and we won't taste death, praise God. If that doesn't happen, if he doesn't tarry, then we're all going to die in this life. Unfortunately, we've had some elder brothers and sisters that did some things in the beginning that opened the door for things to come into the earth that you and I have to now contend with. It is what it is. And because of that, we know that death has come into the earth because of disobedience. So every man, every man, every person in the building will die. I think it would be wise. Let me just see who I got with me. If you are 40 or over, can you stand on your feet? If you're 40 or older, can you stand on your feet? 40 or older. Now, some of y'all struggling to stand, and y'all know y'all 51. Get up. <laughs> I had some of the 50s. They trying to hang out like they. 40 or older, stand up. Hmm. Interesting. What does 40 mean biblically? Where are you at? A generation. 40 represents a generation. So if you are 40 or older, you should already be considering the next generation. Go ahead. You may be seated. You may be seated. So if you're 40 or older, you should already be thinking about the next generation. You shouldn't even be so selfish to just be thinking about you now. As a matter of fact, your existence and your living should be for the generation that's coming behind you. And unfortunately, in the body of Christ, we have done a disservice here. We, have all, we all show up at church, and not you. Thank God it's not the family. But in case somebody slipped in and it's relative, so we make it for everyone. We come to church, and we act like all of this is about us. Teach me how to prosper. Teach me how to get what I want in life. This is all about me. I want to get everything that I want in life. And then we act as though... Jesus has died on the cross, given up himself for us, for us to just be selfish for about what we want. But if you get everything that he wants you to have, and I think you should, praise God. Please don't cheat yourself out of anything. I believe you should get everything that he's left. I believe that. I am the guy that wants you to prosper in life. I want that for you. But if you think that is just for you, you are sadly mistaken. If you prospering, if you're doing the things and attaining things just for you, you are not in his will. Your life should be flowing over for others 
to benefit from your relationship with God. They should get blessed just because you serve God the way you do. And as a result of your service to God, the overflow of your abundance is touching their lives. You see, I love it. You see how only two or three people say, amen, amen. Because the church struggle with really believing this because we think it's just about us. This is just about me. And we're sadly mistaken, guys. All of us should be consciously aware of our mortality. All of us should be consciously aware of our mortality. This may be a little difficult for you to receive. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Hello. So since we know that we will cease existing in this physical flesh, then we should prepare effectively. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to prepare for when you die. We need to prepare. Notice I said our preparation should be effective. We want to be effective and prepared. Pastor, I didn't know I was coming to church to hear about dying. You're not. You're not. You're not coming to church to hear about dying. That's not where we're spending our time. I want you to understand that our, our subject this morning, we've been talking about being secured by love. Our title this morning is Teach Me How to Love You. Teach me how to love you. Because there may just be some things I don't know, no one ever taught me. I can't do what I've never been taught. Since I'm your man of God, since I'm the pastor, since I'm the one who has to keep watch over your souls, then I have a responsibility to not make assumptions that you know. So I take the time to teach. You heard, the, you heard our confession. We are building families. We're teaching empowered living. I want to empower you in how to live this life you have. And to live it and to know that when you go away, when you leave this body, they're going to still be talking about your living. Everybody say legacy. That's an incredible legacy. When others are still talking about what we've done, even though we have left the earth. You and I have to learn how to prepare to live beyond the grave. Oh, we need to prepare to live beyond the grave. Listen, listen, it would be a tragedy, guys. It would be a tragedy. All the knowledge that you have ascertained, all the things that you have accomplished in your life, all the things that you have, you have accumulated, it would be a tragedy for you to die and take that with you. Why be so selfish and keep that all to yourself? Write the book. Write the book. Because if you write the book and your life passes on, the book will continue to speak. Mentor somebody in your business. Teach somebody to do what you already know how to do. Pour out your wisdom. Can I, can I just be frank right now? Can I be frank? Listen to me. Listen to me. 
I don't know why it is, but in the church, in the church, we have leaders who would rather withhold information than raise up another generation to take over what it is that they so they'll hold on to it till they're 70 and 80 years old. Get out the way. The best of you is gone. There is a, somebody waiting to run their race behind you. Move so they can come and finish this course. I ain't going to let it go. I don't want nobody taking my position. I don't want nobody taking my position. Well, you can't get no promotion holding on to the position you got. Legacy. Everybody say legacy. Legacy is a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property, a bequest. Legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or a predecessor or from the past. Everybody say legacy. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is important, guys, that since we know, we know, it's not a question, it's, we don't, we're not guessing, we know we're all going to die, then why not prepare effectively for it? Uh, hmm. I need some runners. I need, I need. I need three runners. Come on, don't be quick, fast, and hurry. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. I need two more runners. Two, three. Right here. I got you right here. All right. You go, you go right there to that corner. Mr. Sarita, can you go to that corner right there? I need you to be up there at that corner back there. Be at that corner. Be at that corner. How many of you know in a relay, in a relay, Oftentimes, everybody thinks the most important thing is how effective you are in running. Everybody thinks it's how fast you are in running your leg. This is my leg of the race, and I have to be effective enough, watch this, for her to have her focus on where she's going. Without looking back, with just her hand out, she has to trust that the one who's handing off the baton to her, without looking back, will run to her while she's on the go and give her the baton. Now watch this. We got too many people who try to hand the baton off but keep hold of it. And then while she's trying to run, instead of her running with just a baton, she got to carry this weight too. Come back here, come back here. That's not effective running. She should be able to run trusting that the handoff is made so she can run her leg and give it to her so that she can run her leg and give it to him so that he can run his legs and bring it all the way back home. Yeah. Now watch this. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Watch this. The most critical part of the relay is the passing of the baton. It's the handoff. 
Watch this. If you drop it, you not just disqualified. Everybody's disqualified, even though they didn't drop it. We got way too many people just dropping the baton and disqualifying everybody else who's depending on them. Tell your neighbor, pass the baton. Listen to me. And stop trying to pass the baton when you done got old and ragged and you can't do nothing else. Get out the way and let some young person start running. They ready to go and off the time we holding them back. You ain't, you ain't ready yet. You need to sit down there. Get, get out the way. Their fresh energy, their new energy will breed some new life. Will breed new life. Why? Because I love you. Love you. Don't nobody show up to get stale bread. Imagine somebody coming to your house and you your meal's prepared and it's stale. Are you still going to serve that and expect them to want it? Tell your neighbor, teach me how to love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then if we're going to be effective, if we're going to be effective, if this is something I love, watch this. True legacy, true legacy is not about in building buildings. Real legacy is about building people. Real legacy is about building people, not building buildings. Jesus never built one building. But Jesus built people who in turn could go and build some buildings. You want me to say it again? I'll give it to you again. Jesus was willing to build the people and allow the people then go and build buildings. He took Peter. He took Peter and said, all power, all authority has been given to me. Now I transferred that to you. I empower you with what I was empowered with so that you can go and build my church. Who are you mentoring? Who are you building? Who's going to be able to carry it on after you? Will your legacy end when you end? Or will your legacy outlive you? Teach me how to love you. Go, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter number 1. Joshua number 1. Tell your neighbor, this is important stuff. Mm-hmm. It's important stuff, guys. Once you're there, give me a hearty amen that you did. That was two. That was two. Can I get more than two? That was six. Can I get more than six? Praise God. Amen. All right. All right. That's good. I'll take those ten. Joshua chapter number one. Look at this scripture. We're going to begin with verse number one. I go back to Deuteronomy 34. Go to Deuteronomy 34. Almost jumped ahead. Deuteronomy 34 and verse number 7. You there? 
All right, listen to this scripture. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Question, would you say he lived a full life? Full. Lived a full life? Listen to the text. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. So in other words, when he died, when Moses died, he wasn't weak. He died while he still had great strength. Oh, my, my, my. He died while he still had great strength. Watch verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses has laid his hands on him. My God. So while Moses, still full of great strength, had still had good clarity of thought, Moses said, if I go ahead and die without passing this on, this will die with me. And all my labor would have been in vain. And so he said, let me lay hands on Joshua, the next generation, and prepare the next generation to run the course of the race that I am not able to fulfill. Mm. So then now watch this. Joshua, Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Everybody stop right there. Now, you would think if the Lord is about to speak to the runner of the next generation, that he's about to give him such a prophetic declaration that could not be stopped. Are you hearing me? You would think that God's about to like open up the heavens like he did for Jesus and release this word out for Joshua. But let's just see what the Lord said. Moses, assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Here's God's prophetic word. Joshua, Moses is gone. There ain't another thing Moses can do in the earth right now. Moses, my servant, is gone. He's dead. Watch this. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. And everybody else said, me too. Now watch this. Notice that God looked at Joshua's disposition because he was grieving. He was grieving Moses being gone. And the Lord tells him, okay, son, I've allowed you to grieve. Now it's time to arise. There is stuff to get done. So I need you, shake it off. Arise so that you can continue on what it is that he was starting, but he couldn't finish it, so I need you. Woo. Tell your neighbor, arise. If you arise, that means you change your position. That means you're no longer sitting in the same position you were sitting in. Woo. So he told Joshua, Joshua, you're... You're my greatest investment. Moses invested in Joshua so that Joshua would have what it would take to build whatever it is that he needed to build. Woo. Go to 2 Kings uh, 
2 Kings, the second chapter. 2 Kings, the second chapter. When you there, say amen. Mm -hmm. Chapter number two, we're going to look at verse, verse number nine. With me? And so it was when they had crossed over the, uh, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you. Everybody stop and look up for a minute. So Elisha, who was Elijah's assistant, if you would, he was responsible to wash his hands to keep the man of God's hands clean. Present day, he, he, he would have been carrying his Bible. Y'all will catch that next week. <laughs> he makes sure that when he comes, that, that he's comfortable. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So the servant had a responsibility, and it may look like to those who is watching the servant, why is he just pouring water on his hands and keeping his hand? Why he clearing his Bible? Because he was gleaning more than what you could see. So here comes the time that Elijah now says to Elisha, ask what it is that you want from me before I am taken away. My, 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 my. Are you hearing that? So Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Watch, watch Elijah's answer. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Because Elijah now understands what my servant is now requiring is me to die. Y'all see, y'all can't handle this. Y'all can't handle this. He understood my servant is needing for me to die and move out of his way because he wants not a portion, he wants a double portion. And in order for him to walk in a double grace, that means the grace that was got to go away. Ah. He said, you have asked a hard thing. You've asked something tremendous, his answer. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into the heaven. Now I could only imagine that Elisha is like, no, father, no, no, no. Don't you dare leave with all that you got in you. I asked you for a double portion. And I'm now here witnessing these chariots carry you up. <laughs> then it happened. And Elisha saw it. And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. 
Now, when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. He had received his double portion because his father had went on. Mm. He didn't need to carry what he had on him with him. Because what he was carrying was needed in the earth, not in heaven. There's a whole lot of stuff you carry that's not needed in heaven, is needed in the earth. Some of us are allowing our spiritual heritage. Some of us are allowing our natural inheritance to be carried up, whether to heaven or to the courts. And now we're in a fight for what belongs to us, but we can't access it because no one prepared effectively. Are you with me? Can you turn back, make a left turn, and go back to 1 Kings 2? Make a left turn. 1 Kings chapter number 2. Is this okay for you? Thank you for five of you saying it's okay. I hope to bring the rest of you along with us. 1 Kings, the second chapter, verse number 1. Now the days of David drew near that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be strong, therefore, and prove yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may fulfill his word, which he spoke concerning me. Mm. This word spoke concerning me, but I need you to fulfill it. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to fulfill it. I need you to fulfill it. The word that was spoke concerning me. Are you catching this? Mm -hmm. Watch this, watch this. I, and I want us to look that, that they were unselfish. They didn't hold it so that the next generation couldn't get it. They were willing to relinquish it so that they could fulfill his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, he said, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Man, I was reading that, and it reminded me. I don't know if some of you remember, partners. I don't know if some of you remember. Prophetess Lechner, one year, I think we were at the, at the hotel doing the conference, and Prophetess Lechner began to turn to me and prophesy to me, and she began to speak to me saying, Man of God, if you teach your sons, their names should, your name shall never, shall not be on the doors. What that spoke to me was that my children, their children, their children, their children was going to be in ministry carrying out the work of God because of what God assigned to me. I wasn't thinking about it that way, but the woman of God turned and prophesied that to me. She turned and prophesied that to me. Now, here we go. Last one. Go to John, John 16. John 16. 
mm, this is not just about me. My life is not my own. I am living a life for others. And my prayer is that they remember me and talk about me after I'm gone. That means I want to live a life well-pleasing unto him. <laughs> John 16, are you there? We're going to look at verse number, verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. This is Jesus talking. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of my righteousness. Because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Notice Jesus said to his own disciples, you guys have been with me, but it is time for me to get out of here because what I need you guys to carry out on my behalf as long as I'm here, you won't be able to do it. Jesus said, greater works than these. The works that I did, greater works shall you do once I leave you. <laughs> so Jesus understood the only way this gospel will get out to you and I is for him to go. Aren't you glad that Jesus went to the cross so that the gospel could reach us? No, see, y'all didn't catch it. You ain't even listening well. I said, aren't you glad that Jesus went to the cross so the disciples would spread the gospel all over the world? And you are part of the inheritance. You and I. Because he wasn't selfish about keeping it to himself. Now, here we go. So how do we plan well for this thing? How do we live well? Uh, where my ushers? Can I get some help? Can I get my, can I get my help? Come on, fellas. Come on, I need my help, need my help, need my help. You're about to receive a guide to planning your will and your estate. We're very pleased that you're taking steps to protect those you love through an, through an estate plan or a will. A plan is important, but an estimated 70% of Americans don't even have a will. This guide will help you by making the process easy and understandable. Please listen to me very, very carefully. It is not fair. It is not fair for you to have worked all the years of your life that you've worked, to you, for you to buy homes, more than one house, two houses, for you to own cars, more than one car, three cars, for you to have all these things, accounts, all these things, and you not prepare that if something was to happen to you and we have to celebrate your life in a funeral, that nobody in your family can get what they should rightfully have access to. Are you hearing me? One per family. It is important. God has given me charge to have watch over your soul. Therefore, I cannot make assumptions that somebody has shared it with you, has shared this information with you in order for you to prepare on living a life worthwhile. Why should we not be prepared? Listen to me. 
It's not fair, guys. What did I say? It's not fair for you to leave the earth and there not to be any insurance. Boy, I got one. All right. And nobody else said nothing. It's not right. That is not love. Love says I have considered my life and I'm thinking more than about me. Therefore, I'm going to prepare so that if something happens to me, then you're going to have what you need. You're not going to have to uh, have nothing on uh, borrowing money. You ain't going to have to ask nobody to give a donation. That's all wonderful. But no, you're going to have enough so that all the debt is paid. The house is paid off. The cars are paid off. Hello. The funeral is paid for. And there's some left over so you can really celebrate my life. Boy, I sure wish I could get a church that really believed this stuff and say, yes, amen. It is unfair. Listen, this is born out of pain. This is born out of pain. As a pastor, I've had to, I've had to bury partners of this church. I've had to bury extended family of our church. And there was no insurance. There was no preparation. And so now there has to be counsel and guidance given to how to make it in life when the other person didn't prepare. See, we were living a life and it was based on two salaries. Their salary is completely gone. What am I to do now? Because I still have the same amount of bills. So there should be enough insurance. Listen, hear me, hear me, hear me. Pastor's not against us buying nice shoes. Not against us buying nice clothes. But hold off on buying some clothes and shoes for a minute. And buy some insurance. Buy some insurance. I don't care if you get term. I don't care if you get whole life. But get some insurance. Listen, listen. Why can't I get better amens? Why can't I? Why does the church? This is what I'm talking about, guys. This is the body of Christ. And we don't even have the understanding yet that we need to be preparing so that the next generation does not have. It would be wrong for me to leave this earth and my wife and my children got debt they got to be worried about paying. Wrong, that is not love for anybody. They already got to deal with grieving my loss, that I'm gone. Hello. That's a weight all in its own. But if they are going to grieve, praise God, they ought to at least be able to show up at the funeral. Come to the funeral. See all your wonderful faces supporting and have a couple of tears they crying on the front row. Pass a tissue to one another. He gone. And every now and again have a thought. But he took care of everything. And them tears leave a little smile. And then we go to the grave site. And they put me in the ground, and they cry a little longer, a little harder. <laughs> and then they leave your presence, and they get in the limousine, 
and all of a sudden you can't see nothing but the limousine bouncing like this. And you trying to figure out what has happened to the pastor's children and his wife. What is going on? They must be jamming to some music. No, they ain't jamming to the music. They jamming to dad prepared himself to leave. And now they like, I'm going to live happily ever after. See, we so selfish, we live to ourselves, so we think we need to spend it all, invest it all on us. And that is not love. I'm sharing this with you because I love you, and I want to love you enough to prepare. Listen, I had those 40 and over to stand up, but listen to me. If you are a teenager up up to 35, stand up. If you're a teenager up to 35, stand up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen to me. Wow, y'all still in that club? <laughs> Almost. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I got to go 39. Yeah, let me get those, up, those from 35 to 39. Come on, stand on up with them. Stand on up with them. Uh-huh. Listen to me. Look at Pastor. Look at Pastor. It is never too late to start planning. Never too late to start planning. I have my degree, and I did my business research paper on a, on a self-made millionaire who was an insurance, he owned an insurance business. The Holy Spirit allowed me to get that when I wasn't even serving God, guys. Listen to me. And I learned from this man interviewing him that if you just start putting away a dollar, you can put a dollar away. And you will be amazed at what that dollar will turn to every time you take a dollar and put it away. It's never too late to start. Hear me. If you have children, if you have children, you already should be thinking about how am I going to set my children up for a future? Listen, most of us did this. Most of us. How many of you had children and you had that Gerber insurance? Come on, you see the hands, you see the hands. It wasn't nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong with it. That's a good starting place. Good starting place. You ain't been thinking about it. You probably even forgot you had it on your kids. And now they're older, and you don't forgot. Man, that insurance might have matured already. But all I'm saying, guys, we have to be willing to prepare to live effectively like we want to leave a legacy. The legacy shouldn't just end when you are in the casket. I get so sick and tired, and I, and I hope you do too. I get sick and tired of seeing people show up, and we make the little flyer, celebration of life. Celebration of life. That's what we put on it. That's what we put on it. And don't nobody be celebrating. I want us to really celebrate people's lives because people have lived so effectively that they plan. You guys can be seated. They've lived so effectively that they plan their life so well that, boy, those who showing up, celebrate. Mm, mm, I'm going to celebrate your life because you hooked me up. Family, it is time out for us not being Prepared. Everybody say prepared. Jesus said, I go to prepare 
a place for you. He already has considered that you was going to make a quality decision to make him your Lord and your Savior. So he went ahead of time and prepared a place for you and I. Come on, stand on your feet. I pray that you, are get, you got something out of this word. Because if you'll make the plan, bless God. If you'll make the plan, you'll have peace. If you make the plan, you'll have provision. If you make the plan, you'll have protection. If you make the plan, you'll leave a spiritual legacy. It is important for us to plan in this way. And some people don't understand. This is how you secure people by love. This is how we secure people by love. Let's start securing the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that. Get all you're supposed to get. Do all you're supposed to do. But don't just heap it up on yourself. Know that God has others in mind for what it is that you and I are accomplished. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I just thank